Hello again, we are back. It is week two of- wait, are these guys friends? Because, you know, I think after week one that- no, probably not, but we're getting there. We're gonna be okay. I am Mike. This is Randy. I won't wave this week. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's a great callback. I'd like to make sure that every week we force someone who missed the previous week to go back to have to listen to find out what we're talking about. We're gonna hook them in. Take Easter them. eggs, baby. Yeah. Just a million recurring jokes and bits. It can go one of two ways. It can either make a fan base that's like, wow, I love, you know, I really like to get on this. Or it can make it impossible for anyone to get into. Because it's all just references that no one understands. How was your week? And not just talking media. We'll get to media. What's going on? Anything fun? Off of the, you know, off of the holidays, it's a, uh, it's a pretty, we're in that time frame whenever people listen to it is, is kind of different. But coming off of the holiday weekend between Christmas and New Year's and, uh, a little more low key for me. We do kind of a big thing on Christmas Eve. That's our our big to do. So it was a nice get together there. And um, New Year's Eve actually was kind of a similar thing. So just very low key, but at the same time enjoyable to be away from everything and just kind of celebrating with friends and family. It's a good time. How about you? Christmas is low key. I did go out. I didn't want to go out on New Year's Eve. As as you know, we're in very different situations. Obviously, you have a family and a child, and I have no one. I mean, I'm fine it's fine you got a cat man i'm fine exactly my cat's great don't you make fun of my cat i'll fucking come at you so hard <laughs> i got three of them so uh, believe me that's i forgot i knew that but forgot because we don't know each other and we're not really friends um not really friends. No, there it is but no midweek between christmas and new year's i went out with a friend in from out of town and uh i'm 40 they are 27 and we drink oh like the 27 year old drinks <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and went out to places like a 27-year-old would go out to. And I spent the next <laughs> two days recovering to the point that then yeah. when we got, to, we got to New Year's Eve, and I was like, you know what sounds great? Sitting on that couch in my pajamas alone with my cat. And it was fantastic. I got, I got nice. no regrets. Um, uh, I, I don't entirely regret the other thing either. It's just, man, you hit a point. It's so cliche, but you hit a point and your body can't do that. You're like, oh, I'm going to die. Sneaks up. It sneaks die. up on you. Yeah. But no, it's good. I'm I'm one of those people, and this is going to sound so Scrooge-ish, and I, I don't need it to. I'm so glad it's all over. It's fun in the moment. <laughs> it's so It can be fun while I like gifts for people, the decorating and all that. Blah. But as soon as it's done, I'm like, fucking thank goodness we don't have to deal with that again for a while. But mm. it's... The the Clark W. Griswold in me, which uh, I I go all out in the front of our house. Like I love putting it up. I I you know on December the twelfth, I think it's the greatest thing in the world. Like to be able to put all these lights <laughs> up and put we have you know fifteen inflatables there in the front of our house and just it's like so much fun. But at the same time, I, I put them all away today and I was not that disappointed in it. I'm like, all right, so with, that was a good run. With fifteen inflatables, are you one of those houses that, in your mind, when people are driving around the neighborhood, they're like, "Fucking look at that one!" And I don't mean that in a bad way, but that's like the hope, right? You're going around, and people are going to be driving and be like, "What the fuck is that? Let's look." There, there's a couple, and and some are very specific. You know, one is a Mandalorian one, one is a Darth Vader one, one is one is a snowman where the dog that's sitting with the snowman has stolen the carrot from the snowman's face and it's a i i think unless you really look at it very closely you would have no idea or very be very disturbed in what's going on that that's an inflatable not like a statue that's an inflatable thing that one yeah yep i 
I realize this is an audio format, but for my own edification, when we're done, I want to see a picture of your yard or at least of that. If you have yeah. one photograph, that'd be great. Of course. Yeah. Oh man. So just obviously looking at the year as a whole, talking about 2023 media, because we're pop culture feeds. That's how this really gets going. It's what we're about is talking yeah. the old pop culture. What did you love? What did you hate? If I, if I look at you and I went, Randy, give me one recommendation for 2023. Could you do it? Or is it easier for you to go? I could tell you one thing I fucking hated this year. There's a couple of things. I mean, I, I marked down just kind of some stuff that I was really interested in. And I thought that was really fun. I mean, there, a lot of it was tricky because it was stuff I already kind of loved that came out with another season. So I love Ted Lasso, obviously like yeah. it's, it's finishing up by the fantastic show. Amazing. I had not gotten into the bear before this this year, and uh, so while their first season, I think, was a couple of years ago, the second season is incredible, and if you're not watching it, I would highly recommend it. I, it is just phenomenally made TV. I'm going to tell you right hour, now. Each episode. I've never even heard of it. What is it? So the bear is about this, uh, this guy who lives in Chicago. Well, he's going back home to Chicago. He's a kind of a wonder kind like basically he's uh at the age of 21 he was one of the best chefs in new york city and it so has always been he's just that guy and he comes back because his brother died and his brother is what ran this you know kind of mom and pop sandwich shop in chicago family owned and ah, oh so, wait that's in new york so, I, I wanted to go gabagoo but that is the wrong <laughs> fucking part of town oh, but, but, it, but it's but yeah italian family so it's probably similar is it? and, right, and yeah. They, it's it's got very Chicago stuff to it. Everyone calls each other cousin. That's a very Chicago thing. Like it just it there's there's a lot of really cool things in it, and just the characters are very very well fleshed out. the The brother has left him in kind of a, a shitty situation with the restaurant. Like it's it they, he wasn't t keeping proper invoices. He wasn't always paying bills, you know. And so they're just he's just trying to get this back to a place where it can be something he can be proud of, something he can enjoy. And he takes on this sous chef that wants to work specifically with him even though she knows it's a shitty sandwich shop in chicago and it just it's it, all the, the extra characters just kind of all float together and it all fits in really well it's just really well done so it's what, just a um, really really fun entertaining show what platform is it on hulu a hulu okay good to know that's yep. very good to I, know. uh fx technically i guess so same uh, deal say, to say, me yeah. you say fx but i think hulu because right one of my big shows from this year was uh the latest season of what we do in the shadows so fantastic yeah are you caught up you a fan i'm caught up and I, I yeah i adored it and it's one of those things where i hadn't seen two or three seasons and over the course of like three weeks i got i watched it's, season three through five it just it's just it's such a it's ir yes. irreverent so, i guess is a good word for it it just it, the, 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 I the had, comedy's amazing i got into i don't often get into like public disturbance arguments right I'm not one to cause a scene amongst strangers in that regard. <laughs> I, I, however, was at a coffee shop and I was talking to a friend of mine who is the uh, co-owner and the barista. And she's behind the bar making drinks, doing stuff. And we're just bullshitting, talking about TV. And her kid tried to show her what we do in the shadows, but like cold, a random episode. And it was, I can't tell you the context, <laughs> but she came away with from it talking about how a, she, whatever she thought it was she thought it was like a family guy dick and fart joke show and i was like what were you watching mm. what did you she's like i don't know avery tried to show me this and i didn't like it i was like i've never been like so loud and hard in a public place to be like you're so wrong about everything you're saying right now you are so 
indescribably wrong about this. And then their partner was there and their partner had seen it. And they're like, yeah, you're very wrong in this one. I've watched the show. You need to give it another <laughs> shot. And I was like, oh, thank God. Uh, yeah. I can only imagine what snippet. I mean, I, there are a couple things that are out of context. Maybe. It was like they specifically they specifically mentioned fart jokes. And it was like, I don't remember a single fart joke in six years of that show. What show are you watching? So, yeah. uh, you know, obviously, if you're listening to this and you're like, I know exactly what fart joke that was, uh, email me directly, mikebarcode at gmail.com. Put in the subject line, <laughs> farts and what we do in the shadows. And and I will read it out next week saying how wrong we were about all the farts that are, you know, give me an episode by episode breakdown of all the times there's been a fart joke. I don't want one episode. I want a detailed list of every fart in that show. Uh, I hope to get emails from somebody. If I don't, my heart's breaking. Um, uh, what about any movies? Can you get out to the movies with the fam or is it all TV shows? we're we're kind of a lot of superhero-y and animated and so i mean spider-man across the spider-verse and that was awesome uh i i, I want Amazing. i wanted it to be five hours long obviously they're gonna have the conclusion coming so like they will be but um but it, boy, it was it's it's just it's I, it, it was perfect is it is it is it the perfect Spider-Man movie? Or, alternately, if you look at the three, if they stick the landing, will you be able to say that that saga, maybe, is a perfect Spider-Man saga? I think so. Because through I the first so. two parts, through the first two parts, I have no critiques. I have nothing that I can go, this was terrible. They are hitting, if you don't, the way they're handling it, they're hitting all genres, all aspects, all versions of the character. There's nothing there that you could be like, well, I don't like that. Because if you don't like it, there's something else for you. You can't take the movie as a whole right. of not liking it because there's too much in a good way. And and that's coming from someone where I'm fucking over multiverses. Yes. <laughs> you have to be you have to be that good, right? You have to be that good and that entertaining at this point to want to make me want to care about a multiverse in a superhero movie or film. Like and they are nailing it. I want to see how this plays out. It's funny because that's I still want to talk more 2023 media, mm -hmm. but that makes me want to talk about what I wanted to talk about for the comic book topic today, yeah. which is just a primer. We can dive back into it. Yeah. Less comic book, more comic movie. The MCU, not great lately. And and I don't want to do that in a clickbait, uh, clickbaity way because there is good stuff, but there's such a we're losing focus and we're losing stakes. There's this part of me that thinks if there's as many shows and movies as there are, but the story was just top fucking tier, nobody would be complaining. Mm -hmm. You're getting too much with too little is, is my thought process. So I was, I was trying to think about this, at least what, I mean, I guess if we just go, we can go no, both yeah, Marvel yeah. and DC, but just, just from the Marvel standpoint. So you go, what you go Ant-Man Quantumania, right? That was this year was Thor love and thunder this year. It was too, right? It was 2023 also, right? Or Last year, Thor Love and Thunder was last year. Okay. So last year being, we're in 2024 now. So. Oh, Christ. <laughs> 2022. It was Got it. Okay. fall 2022. It all, it all runs together. Out. So, so No, so, you're right. So was it just those two? Was it just the Marvels and... No, uh, Dirt. So show-wise last year, right? You last year, 2023, you fuck. It's been two days <laughs> since we're recording this. It's January 2nd while we're recording. Which, by the way, are we going to do our big 2023 wrap-up clip show? 
It's just going to be last year's show. <laughs> the one we did at the end of last year. Replayed. It'll nice. be the best of this show. Which I totally wanted to dive into that more. I really thought about... Have you ever seen the Clerks animated series? The Clerks cartoon? I have, yes. It's been a while. Only yes. six up, Only six episodes. Six episodes, six half hours. This is the most brilliant animation. Not like technical animation, but just funny. Mm-hmm. Funny adult cartoon. The second episode is a clip show of the first episode. <laughs> and then it's brilliant. And the thing is, is, is the trivia to that is ABC aired the episodes out of order. Oh, so, boy. Just so they so, could. So the clip show episode that was, that was to made to exist didn't actually have its airing episode air because the show also got canceled before all six episodes aired, and that pilot never aired. Wow. <laughs> so the pilot never aired, but the and clip they did show a clip did? show. Yes, oh, that's tremendous. Dialing back, Loki came out season two. Right, that was really good. What if came out, which I feel like everyone missed because season two of What If came out last month, and they did a week straight of episodes. It's supposed to be really good, right? I heard a bunch of new, not not new characters, but like some characters that are haven't been explored yet are in a couple of them, and I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." I, just, I didn't watch a single. I didn't watch a single one of them. I, we happen to be we've been diving into the new Percy Jackson on Disney Plus, which is actually pretty good. Like, because the movies were terrible. I don't know if you remember that from long ago, but uh, the the uh, but just we're, we're looking for something to watch. My son's eleven, but like it's just something else he could be interested in. But I found myself kind of getting pulled into the storyline. Oh God, that's what aired in this. That's what aired in twenty twenty three. Fucking Secret Invasion. It was terrible. I'd already blocked it out of my memory. Oh boy. I yeah. I nothing we can say. I think is original to to the at this point months on. I don't feel like we can add new criticism. Yeah. So all I will say, you know, if you haven't watched Secret Invasion, it's it's so generic for a show from Marvel based off a property where anyone could be anyone with shapeshifters and espionage. There's no mystery. They reveal every scroll yeah. that could be a scroll right away. They have the scrolls who can yeah. hide and shapeshift. And every opportunity they have to be like, by the way, this guy's a scroll. Did you see it? He's a scroll. We're going to blink his eyes or have him transform real quick so you can tell. We don't want you to. He's a scroll. We're going to tell you right now. He's a scroll. We're going we're gonna to cut his finger off. Watch. It'll turn, it'll turn blue. Oh, great. Like, cool. oh, oh great. shit. He was a scroll. How about that? And then at the end, the, oh. the, so here's the thing. I gave up. That's, I believe it was a six-episode series, right? I gave up four episodes yeah. in. I'm like, this is boring. I hate this. I can't do this. So I found out, like so many other people, you watched it, you watched the finale? I did, Why do things like tattoos and rings and these things that are not superpowers show up when (laughs) she gets the super scroll formula? And the formula in the MCU is that it has the blood, of all these superheroes, Captain America, Thor, and Hulk, and all these people, and she's going to get their powers and use them. Fine. Weird, but fine. But then when she's using Drax's strength, she has his tattoos. When she's using Ebony Maw's magic, she gets his <laughs> rings. She's not. Why? Explain to me, Randy, right now. Tell me why. <laughs> I want you to explain to me right now. There. Their their very sad explanation would be no the the, the explanation would probably be something like well how else would 
know that this is the power of that person. The the one thing is somebody was just like, you know how cool this would be if she turned into partly him for five seconds, followed by partly. That's the, all it is. The, it's it, just like you're right. Self serving is the best way to say it. Because the that episode is like a an encapsulation of what I feel like Marvel has become, which is the snake eating its tail. It's a reference factory on itself because all the things that you love are gone. <laughs> And they know you still love them. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's South Park member berries. But it's not member berries for things from 25 years ago. It's member berries for things from three years ago. It's like, hey, hey, it's it's Drax. Yeah. You still like Drax, right? Which I will know if we're talking Marvel. <sighs> oh, that one, that one came out in 2023 also. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And that was their highlight. So you were talking about, as we talk about the state of superhero movies, multiverses, 2023 media... There's one big one that we can tap into all of those with. And I can either proudly or sadly or maybe infamously say, I saw The Flash in the theater. And considering how badly that movie bombed, I feel like I'm in an elite list of suckers who was like, yeah, let's do this. <laughs> I'm fucking in. I, it's, have you seen it since it came out on streaming or have you avoided it? I haven't. Um, I wanted to like it because I'm also in the, I think, select few that kind of liked the... I, I read something before the, the Snyder Cut of Justice League, so like I, which is not everyone thought was great, <laughs> which I get. Um, I did not I like either the... cut. <laughs> so, it, I mean, I am interested in The Flash's contributions to what he's doing in the DC universe, hey. but at the same time, I... I, I how long is it? Is it long? I feel like no. that's another problem with DC Comics. I don't. No? I didn't okay. think it was that long. Uh, the problem is, is so. I one. I feel like if you tried, you would enjoy it. And you know what does it say about me that I tried? You do have to set aside Ezra Miller being a trash human. But the movie suckered me in because I wanted to see Michael Keaton Batman because I just did. He's good because he's Michael Keaton, but he's also. Okay underused in a not great movie. <laughs> I don't know how much I... We're going to get into spoiler territory because I can't describe it without spoiling the film. Okay? Mm, yeah. Third act is a video game cutscene. That's all okay. it is. There's no... There's... It's a... You're watching a poorly rendered video game cutscene for a half hour followed up by some of the most atrocious CGI representations of fan link. They brought Christopher Reeve back from the dead Randy, oh boy. it brought Christopher <sighs> Reeve back from the dead for a cameo. <sighs> and I just was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. Christopher, They brought back Christopher Reeve and Jorah Reeve. <clears throat> they put Nick Cage in the Superman costume, which, by the way, if you've ever seen his interview about that since the movie came out, he's like, whatever they had me do in that movie, I didn't do any of that. He basically showed up on set. They took photos of him in the suit for like a half hour. And then they just went to a computer and had did made him do whatever they oh wanted my God. to do. So, so it's terrible movie. It's a terrible movie. Um, anyway, yeah. Did you not know about the superhero cameo parade of dead people? I didn't, but now, now I'm, if anything, you've done a good job because now I'm going to go see I'll probably watch it now. because I. <laughs> so I'm driving traffic. I fucked up. I'm driving traffic go. to The Flash to be like, hey, listen, all these terrible things that, pe that you don't want to see, 
Ah, get on it. They're on something there. Maybe that's a maybe spoilers are the you know the anti spoiler now. So, so the thing is about that scene, it's not just that it happened. It is also rendered with what feels like PS2 cutscene technology. <laughs> it looks bad. Just like everyone else, the overworking of VFX artists in the industry. Give them another two to three months to work on that scene. Yeah. Maybe it looks better. Yeah. But they didn't have it, which is hilarious considering that that movie was in development hell for like 10 fucking right. years. But yeah. I'm getting angry and rambling a lot about comic book movies. <laughs> Randy, give me something good to watch a movie or a show. What have I not mentioned that you loved? Give me another show you loved. I need some positivity. There... It's certainly not a happy show, and it's a, if you've been in on the succession train yet. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I just like, Randy, give me a great show. I need to write my brain. You're like, this is not a happy show. I, it's a good show. Let, let, let me, I, I'd have to think about another. Um, Apple TV, uh, it's called the After, the After Party is what it's called. Two seasons of it. Apparently, Apple TV canceled it, so they did not think uh, equivalent to what I did. Very entertaining. Tiffany Haddish, Sam Richardson. Uh, the guy from Detroiters, and yeah, concept is somebody dies in the first episode at a gathering. It was like a wedding. In the this is the second season of it. In the first season, Tiffany Haddish is the cop that's been called in to kind of interrogate everybody, and it's a lot of unreliable narration because she interviews everybody and nobody gives a hundred percent factual story. So you're you're left to kind of figure out how things are working and. Is this person, you know, and there's a lot of red herrings and twists and turns, but it's, but it's an easy watch. Like it's just a good, good 30 minute comedic type stuff. But. That sounds great. That sounds lovely. Try to think if there's anything else before we just move on to our normal shtick that we'll be doing here. Uh, oh, you know what I did watch last week, uh, right by the end of the year, I went and watched the Iron Cloth. Really good. Really sad. So the guy who plays Carrie Von Eric is the main character in The Bear. It's the same actor. So uh, just to get a little crossover there, so who that guy is. Oh, how about that? Okay. Good to know. That's really good to know. No, Because he was really good in that mm. movie. He was fantastic. Let's see the movie. And off the top, it says, inspired by true events. Yes. And I thought, right, it makes you nervous, right? Yeah. Like, what liberties did they take? Here's what I'll tell you. The liberties they took were to make the movie less sad than their real life. Yikes. Yeah, their real life. They're, it's unbelievably tragic, yeah. They they cut one of the brothers out. Of, like, three of the brothers committed suicide, one of them didn't make the cut of the movie because everything else going on. Yeah. So, like, yeah. inspired by true events was, this is already pretty fucking unbelievable and terrible. We're going to yeah. pair this back a little bit. Because the things that happened, they didn't embellish that they happened. You know, they didn't make up stuff. Right. They had to scale back. It wow. was, it's terrible. Yeah. How's the, in, how's the inaction stuff? I heard, because I think when I had what, Chava Guerrero Jr. was like the consultant. Yeah, which I, I popped when uh, I'd seen an interview with Zach Efron talking about Chavo Guerrero Jr., <laughs> which is not a sentence I ever thought I would say <laughs> in my entire life. Also, I, I went with our Simpsons friend who will keep getting mentioned every week, mm -hmm. Max, because we, we always share pop culture. But we'll never invite him on because we're jerks. <laughs> and he'll he'll only know we said that if he takes the time to listen. We we went and saw it and we were hanging out with he was like, I didn't realize Zach Efron had gotten so big. He was like, was it for the movie? I was like, maybe a little bit. He's gotten like really fit over the last few mm -hmm. years. Cause he's like, I still thought he was like the little twerpy kid from that high school musical <laughs> movie. I was like, nah, he's like 
a grown ass man will kick you, kick he'll kick your yeah. ass. It's crazy. But no, uh, the the inaction stuff looked really good. Um, it's one of those things where you would at first be like, oh, it looks so old school and hokey, except that's the era of wrestling they're portraying is the old school and hokey sure. era, the seventies, the eighties. That it really nails the feel of that. One of the things they cut out of the movie that I wish they had dealt with, apparently they filmed scenes with the wrestler MJF from AEW portraying the fake Von Erich. Are you aware of the fake Von Erich? I'm not, no. So the this is a real thing they did. After several of the brothers had died, I'm not sure how many at this point. Oh, boy. Their father, their father, who by all accounts may have been a real piece of work, yeah. to bump up the promotion, brought in their cousin, Lance Von Erich. Lance was not a real Von Erich. Oh, he boy. stuck them with a random guy and was like, this is their cousin, Lance. And the fans rejected it because they're like, we're not idiots. We know he's not a fucking Von Erich. We've been watching these guys their whole lives. You know? Oh, yeah. And apparently they filmed scenes for the movie for that, but they got cut out. And I really wish oh. they had no one to see that. Yeah. That would have been. All right. That's, it's it on the list. I got to go check it out. So. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. What was your son's favorite movie you think this year that you took him to? What favorite new thing do you think he saw this year? He really liked Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, so I mean, I, I would probably put that thing on there. He 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 came back. He was like, I think that's one of my, and he listed you know about ten, fifteen movies, and not maybe not fifteen, but and said it was you know his top three. So I, I was surprised. I enjoyed it, but I don't know if I put it up there. But like, you, I, it's a, yeah. because you've you've raised a sadist to like animal torture. Exactly. I, I guess. Or what's it's he it's what's he what's he doing right now? Check on your cats. I'm worried about the state of your cats. That's a good point. Well, yeah, they're they're really smart now, and they can open doors. But no, it's a yeah. fantastic. <laughs> uh, all right, so or rockets. <laughs> oh, I know. God, so trigger warnings all over that movie for mm-hmm. people who are sensitive to those things. Oh. So, obviously, that's a real big talk about 2023 media really dovetailing into the state of comic book movies and how the state of comic movies really isn't that great. Mm. So, I feel like we've hit a lot of my nerdy points that I love to hit. <laughs> so, let's let's dive in to the cool guy world, the cool, suave world <laughs> of Randy and his music. Oh, boy. What do you got for me this All week? All right. So, I'm curious to see. We're going to use your phone test here again. So, um I, I'm going to dive into, we're going to go back to 1995, this came out. So, in 94, it was recorded. Oh I'm going to go Radiohead's The Benz, which was their second album. Um, and I, I would guess you have a decent amount of Radiohead on your phone, because they expand a twi- uh, quite a bit of things, but I'll be curious to see. I got creep. <laughs> End of story. Wow, okay, cool. This, is, uh, this will actually work out pretty well, because I can enlighten you on some other things. And... From a chronological standpoint, that plays really well into it because I'll try to get was creep before. Yeah, I'll this try. I'll album? try to get the thousand foot view of it or whatever. But is that so? Their first album, Radiohead's first album, I think either ninety two or ninety three, was called Pablo Honey, and it came out. And Creep was really the only song that kind of hit. It hit big, and it was the song that kind of put everybody on. Um, and but people were kind of treating Radiohead at this point as sort of a one-hit wonder. Like for the next couple of years, they they toured, <laughs> they went out and toured with James, thanks to the success of Pablo Honey. Like 
laid this bed is on fire song i don't know if you're familiar with that oh, one. oh, oh. oh yeah, <laughs> they yeah, yeah opened okay, yeah, for yeah. james that's where radiohead was at before <laughs> oh, okay so i'm not a big radiohead guy clearly i like creep really good rock band song mm-hmm. you yeah, know which sure. i'm sure is the legacy they want <laughs> as artists is to have a million drunk people singing creep on rock bands which uh, and back to I Guardians of the right Galaxy. Now. It's the initial. It's the opening oh, scene. Yeah. yeah. So I guess yeah, I guess right. it ties in. I didn't even wow. think about that. But wow, this is <laughs> this is some real synergy you've got going on. What a great corporate synergy. Indeed. Yeah. Anyway, moving forward. So the, the Benz came out, and it was a little bit unheralded when it came out because people didn't think much of Radiohead there, and it kind of blew a lot of people away. Like this became the introduction to everybody to Radiohead as a true rock band. As and what they ended up doing beyond this became okay computer which had karma police on it which had uh i don't you do you know karma police that's I another do. one that's pretty well, it's interesting okay, yeah. to me because i'm always whenever you give me albums or other people give me albums i go into like itunes right and i'll look the album up and i'll see what's the most bought song from a specific album and mm-hmm. sometimes if i don't know the song you know by name i'll be like oh it's that one and then yeah. okay computer which is I didn't realize I'm aware of OK Computer because of these songs. The Benz, I didn't know that album existed. I thought they went right from Pablo Honey to OK Computer. Yeah. In my mind, that go. was so, how it happened. I did not know there was an album in between. And what's interesting about the Benz, and that's why I brought it up, is that it is very much this kind of in-between. Because when you get into OK Computer and then Kid A, which are the next two albums after the Benz or Radiohead... They get into this sort of ethereal, experimental, like kind of fuck with your mind, like sounds electronic that still have the rock elements to it, but really get, I mean, I don't want to say like their generation's Pink Floyd kind of, almost like that kind of like realm. Listening to what I have, I get the vibe of what you're going for. There's a, Mm -hmm. a, you say ethereal, I was going to say like a dreaminess. I think we're saying the same thing without me knowing a Mm -hmm. lot about it. That's that vibe that, yeah. And what was so cool about the Benz is that it's a it's a rock album. So and it's just all of a sudden it's like whoa, Radiohead kind of kicks ass. Like this is, <laughs> I everything I, I and I kind of found out about it after knowing OK Computer and Kid A, which was an interesting way to to kind of really understand it and and come into it. But it goes, it, it is. It's rocking from the get-go. The first couple tracks really get you, really get moving. I mean, it's, I would say High and Dry and Fake Plastic Trees were were two that were really well-known. I think both of them, or at least one of them was in Clueless. Um, So that was, I I think Fake Plastic Trees was in Clueless. Doing the lookup test, those are the two highest-selling songs from the album. And uh, High and Dry and Fake Plastic Trees. And if you pause for just a second... I can't play the song for this because rights, but I want to hear it. Yeah. And I'll comment to see if I tell you I know these songs. I'm going to play them both, just the previews right now. I found this track that I'm going to use anytime I have to skip something for time's sake. It's legally allowed for me to use it with the editor I'm using. Now, back to the podcast. Now that I've listened to both of those offline, not in here, going to get sued. I knew high and dry. I didn't know fake plastic trees. Interesting. So, okay. I, I don't know how that happened. I can't give you a reference as to how that happened. Not. But <laughs> I, 
But I can tell you, I wouldn't know. The third best-selling song from that album, according to iTunes, by the way, is the last track, Street Spirit. Does that mean anything to you? Mm -hmm. Also used in uh, movies and TV shows. So probably part of the reason that that it's it's most popular. Where where does Just show up on that, out of curiosity? Mid-tier. It doesn't have a straight ranking. I'm just going by how many. Mm -hmm. It's got like a little graph. It's not the lowest, but it's mid-tier. Gotcha. Is that your favorite song from the album? It, it is, is yeah. Yes. <laughs> there you go. I will definitely give that a listen. What else you got, though, on that? The the really cool thing about this album, too, is it has a, even though it, like I said, this is when we found out the Radiohead kind of kicks ass. The first three or four tracks are, are, are just a good, I don't know. It's weird because Radiohead really has this sort of thought of their, their vibe is more melancholy and, and, and that kind of stuff. But th- this just had a, it, it hooks you from the beginning. Planet Telex is the first track. It feels like, it feels cinematic. It feels like it starts with, okay, Planet Telex could be over a credit scene. And then you start to get into the bends and it's kind of a more rockin' song that could be your introduction to a character. High and Dry and Fake Plastic Trees have this kind of, uh, it, it, it's it's weird. It's it's almost like a, here's our first conflict, and it's it as it keeps going. It, it just each track had you can see it linked to a storytelling vibe. It's cool. All right, it's good. That sounds good. And I'm going to do the same thing I did. Uh, I said I would do last week. I'm going to listen to this album, and I'm going to give you a yep. quick touch base. I did listen to the Strokes album, and okay. I. To be honest, I didn't love it. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, All right. Okay. I, the, it wasn't to me just the two songs that you had mentioned that sounded similar. It all sounded like a version of last night to me. Like when I listened mm, to it, it was, I, I tried a couple of different tracks. I tried to get into it. I tried different order. Like, well, if I start here, it is, it was not bad bad it wasn't like oh what the fuck am i listening to but i will not be revisiting it it was interesting uh, yes. okay. i there was it wasn't to the level of like 311 homogenous where every song is identical identical to me but it was a few moments of just like this feels like that same guitar riff again it feels like that same beat to mm. me again <laughs> i uh but but you know you can also tell me i'm a terrible human being and my opinion is a little i i'm I think it's fair. I can definitely see it being uh, analyzed that way. I it's just and I mean I it's again it, everything is subjective in that regard. Where it just it was at a, a certain place in an album that I you know recall fondly because of probably environmental type stuff. But, of course, um, of where I heard it, when I heard it, how I heard it. But um, you will not. I I don't think will not be getting that same. Uh, <laughs> perspective from the from the bends it, 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 it songs are different they have different uh it's, different takes to it and it's it's genuinely fascinating to me looking at their discography right now knowing in their 90s output right three to four different albums and yet somehow this one being completely missed for me i and it's not an uncommon view and again i didn't really know much about it until probably after i'd seen or like listen to kid a and okay computer like i knew those off the bat and maybe it was just the time frame of when i those i bought those albums or whatever it was but it's but i come back to this one is probably my favorite radiohead album now which is really interesting but i really i the, the interesting thing about it 
I was looking at a, it's Rolling Stone does their, you know, 500 best albums of all time, right? And they update it every, I don't know, I think it's an arbitrary amount of time. But so they first did it in 2000, one of them was in 2003. And they had this as the 110th best album of all time. Okay. 10 years later, they updated it and it was the 111th best album of all time. So still in the same frame, not much change over a decade. They redid it in 2020, and it is now the 278th best album of all time. I was unaware there were 160 albums that were that great between 2014 and 2020, but apparently I've been missing out. So, <laughs> What I want to have happen is I want these same people who made the list in like 1993 to be forced to make the list again in 2023, yeah. but... They're like, you can't just give us the same list. We want you to listen to everything. Everything that's come out in the last 30 to 40 years. And you need to make your updated list. But that way, when it's the same people making the same list, you're like, well, I guess they're objective. That that one really didn't move down. It's not that's number fair. 10 anymore. <laughs> it, was inter- it was just an interesting. And revisiting also from our, we talked about the strokes when uh, being, uh, I think they won Best International Newcomer in the Brit Awards. This, yep. uh, this, uh, well, I, I don't know if I'm going to make the Brit Awards a recurring thing on this, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the Radiohead was up for best British band, which is another side thing that the Brit Awards do. So they have every, everybody British and then international. And those are their categories. Whereas, you know, like the Grammys does, you know, Adele can win best every... overall or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it has no bearing on the nationality, which is an interesting thing. Do but... the Junos in Canada do a similar thing? I wonder, uh, like because the Junos are the Canadian uh, yeah. Grammys. <laughs> so uh, now I'm curious. So, and uh, I'm not going to yeah. look it up because I'm an American I, 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 and I, I don't have to look it up because uh, no. my country is always right and I do everything <laughs> right all the time. Uh, I don't know if you know, Randy. America's never made a mistake. I don't know if you're aware of that. As an American, I can tell you that uh, America's never made a mistake. Oh, never. Yeah, no. It's they, a... they wrote a document, took care of all our problems, never been a question of interpretation. Not one time. Does, never never needed to be improved since 1776. Absolutely. I'll have one, la- one last thing on this before, and then we can we can Simpsons it up. But it the, uh, which, although given the episode that we chose, I'm not sure I want to do that. But the, is the, if I told you, so this is mid-90s, middle of British rock scene, could you tell me who won the Brit for the best British band? It's got to be Oasis. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well done. <laughs> I mean, it does. Mid, mid-90s, they are the British rock scene, aren't they? they it's... Uh, what's the name of the one album that matters? The one with Wonderwall on it? That's the one that won. What's the story, Morning Glory? Yep. <laughs> yes. Great fucking album. Yeah. Great album. Agreed. Amazing album. But. <laughs> then all the other albums happen. I mean, who cares? Precisely. Interesting thing is I, recording this right now, I'm feeling like with Radiohead is often, you're talking about the ethereal nature and the more somber nature and things like that. We got into a movie debate that ended with a depressing movie <laughs> and we talked about how the state of comic book movies are shit. And now I feel like we're diving right into a Simpsons episode I hate. <laughs> so like, Last week was filled with positivity. We ended 2023 just talking about things we love and upbeat material and everything's great. 
And then the first episode of 2024, we're like, everything's fucking terrible. Yeah. And here's why. And that said, this episode of The Simpsons, season 12, Simpsons Tall Tales, the finale of season 12, is a really bad Simpsons episode. It's not good. It is not funny. There is not recurring gags that I, there's not a bit in this that I would be like, well, I still quote that years later, mm -hmm. or I think about years later. And there's episodes in season 12 that I do that with. But this is not one of them. It is rough. It is a low rent treehouse of horror. It's it, it's tough. And there there are there were two quotes that I still use from time to time. And I think it's almost in spite of the stories. They have nothing to do with with anything. And it's when Willie is being you know after Lenny gets eaten by Homer, and he's like you know I found a way out. It's not pretty, but it'll do. I've definitely I've definitely said that at some point. And then the only other one is all for Silas, all for Silas. Like I've used that like before on the but but fair enough but those are the only two quotes that are even like and, and if i told you the hey it's a funny simpsons quote they'd be like oh what episode is it from i just i i probably wouldn't have remembered that it was from this episode until i watched it fair. interesting thing about that willie quote is i have two notes about that willie quote mm -hmm. one is that the delivery makes that one of the few funny lines to me in that episode but i also wrote that is the laziest joke yeah because, like, you got, like, that is, it just feels like a lazy joke. Yep. It's an uninspired joke. The whole episode, if I could sum up the episode, uninspired. They took public domain stories. They took old tales, boring stories, tried to put a Simpsons spin on them. And it just feels uninspired. And yep. is cliche and just, what... When did The Simpsons turn the corner? Because I think it was this period, because I looked at an episode list, and there were still a lot of episodes I liked in season 12. Mm -hmm. In fact, I'm going to bring... Have you, have you looked at a season 12 episode? I, I did. Series. That's. I mean, I, it's not to plug one way or the other, but the way that it's, I watched it <laughs> on this particular yeah. streaming service, uh, you can you can do that very easily because it's right there all laid out. So it's uh Ah yes. Uh generic generic <laughs> streaming service plus. Yes, of course. I love generic streaming service plus. It's my favorite. <laughs> it's interesting, right? Because I don't want to get off the episode so much. But mm. it's hard to talk about the failings of the episode without talking about where The Simpsons is as a show at this point sure. right it's getting weirder it's getting really weird but when you look at season 12 it has one of the all-time weirdest fucking episodes that i love the computer war menace shoes <laughs> which is just a prisoner parody yeah they took a show from the 60s a british show from the 60s and made a parody episode of it for no fucking reason yeah but i love it and it's goofy and then two episodes later you get the double shot of Skinner's Sense of Snow, which is when the kids are trapped in the school during a snowstorm. Yep. And that's a truly grounded Simpsons episode. It's a legitimate, real grounded episode. And then the next one is another goofy one, the one where Homer's a crayon in his brain. But it does the right stuff with Lisa yep. and their family connection where it really plays. I guess my point being is the season is all over the place. Mm -hmm. Then you get to the finale, and it's just like, did they run out of energy? Did they run out of steam? And they're just like, what are we going to do? How are we going to end this? What can we put together? Uh, yeah. And is this better or worse than season 10's a similar effort, which is the Simpsons Bible stories? Of these two low-rent uh, Treehouse of Horror episodes, which one's better? So, and, and I looked into that, too. And the reason this came about was because the writers liked doing 
Simpsons Bible stories so much that they decided to, they wanted to give this a shot as well. I thought the Bible stories one played with it a little bit more. I mean, I think they had a little bit more interpretation of things to, to, I mean, it's, I, I, you said it pretty well, but it's just, they're, they didn't do anything with this. Nothing clever. There was nothing that turned it on its head. There was no, it, it was just, we put Simpsons characters into these old time stories. Like, and that, that's all that really happened. <laughs> Which, and, and you know what, that just, the way you framed that made me feel like, do you remember the mid 2000s to early 2010s trend post scary movie? Cause scary movie is actually pretty all right. Where you had like a decade of two random shitty guys who wrote one line of scary movie would put out like date movie superhero mm-hmm. movie do you remember that era sure where most of the jokes in those movies weren't jokes it was here's a funny guy in makeup literally just reenacting the scene from that other movie this is now comedy that is what this felt like to me it was here's the story that you already know but it's in Holbert's voice isn't that hilarious and there no it's not that you you could have Homer Simpson's voice come up and tell me I have colorectal cancer, and I'll recognize his voice, but I don't need to hear it, and I'm not going to enjoy it. Yeah, I don't really have much more to say. It there's there's just there's not a lot to talk about here. Last week we talked for like a half hour about not just the brilliance of that episode, but of the era of the season of what lay before and what lied ahead, and and how it all played together to this cornucopia of comedy greatness. This week. I don't have that. It's, it's, I have nothing to, and, and frankly, we have nothing to say because they had nothing to say. They couldn't say anything and gave us an uninspired episode. So we have uninspired commentary. Anyway. Well, for the, for the uh, uninitiated, uh, drop us with that trivia goodness. What, ha- what almost happened in this episode? Yeah, so Hank Azaria was actually the voice of the uh, the character was named the Singing Hobo, but it was originally planned for Jim Carrey to do that. He was interested in doing an episode of The Simpsons and was signed on to do this, but then so had some sort of conflict. Uh, I'm not sure specifically what that was, but uh, Hank Azaria stepped in in his absence. Yeah. He was still busy. He wasn't at his height, but he was still... That was like post. Yeah, what era was that? Is that post? Oh, I think that was me, myself, and Irene era. Is when the two thousand, two thousand one, around there. I was there. gonna say it was post, like after Truman Show. I felt like he cooled off for a couple of years. Uh, any final thoughts before we wrap this up? Anything on media? That terrible Simpsons episode? Your life? Got any advice for the people? Yeah, I actually have one more note on the Tall Tales, specifically on Paul Bunyan. Are you aware that in the lore or the tall tales or whatever that's called. Uh, there are two relatives of Paul Bunyan that exist within the ether of these tales. What? Yeah. Paul had a four foot nine brother named Cordwood Pete. So he's like a, I mean, he's a little short, but he's also kind of a normal guy. Like I'm not saying four foot nine, Four foot nine is not little person height. Four foot nine is, oh, that's a short guy. You can't compare yourself to your brother, Cornwood, and your dick won't tear through any woman you touch. Actually, Cordwood, not Cornwood. Cordwood. Cordwood, not Cornwood. I called him Cornwood. Okay. 
Well, that, as you said, my point stands. Cordwood could have a regular relationship. Paul Bunyan, listen, they don't touch on this. Paul Bunyan will kill anyone he tries to. Uh, yeah, also in the Bunyan family mix is, is Tony Beaver. What? <laughs> what? When? These were published at the same time. This wasn't like 40 years later, some asshole. Hang on, we're not done with this fucking podcast yet. I'm Googling Tony Beaver while we're still recording. Yeah, be careful Googling Tony Beaver there. Yes, I'm on several websites I should not be on already. Uh, Tony Beaver. This is amazing. It's fucking Tony Beaver. That's the name of my new ska band also, Tony Beaver. For If only they... That's why they were so uninspired. Because they didn't even take the time to think about Tony's Beaver. Tony's Beaver. Possessive. Apostrophe. Well said, I guess. Um, and on that note, we will wrap it up. You can find me at Mike Barcode on TikTok and Instagram. I'll be the public face of this thing while uh, Randy hides in the shadows and protects his family like Spider-Man. Spider-Man wears a mask to protect his loved ones. Uh, I will put myself out there and be our public-facing representative. Uh, Mike Barcode, TikTok and Instagram. You can email the show and me at MikeBarcode at gmail.com. That's Mike, M-I-K-E-B-A-R-C-O-D-E. Like and subscribe everywhere you can. We're on YouTube, we're on Spotify, we're on uh, iTunes Podcast, Apple Podcast. Uh, leaving a review, leaving five stars. I'm groveling because, for fuck's sake, uh, I don't like just talking to him for my health. I want people to listen to this. Please, I beg of you, make this worthwhile. <laughs> Got anything? Nope. <laughs> Sorry. Why am I so mean? I'm the mean one. I'm the reason we're not friends. I'm nope. the one that's making this terrible. I'm ruining this. I, you're, you're sitting there comfortably waiting for me to shut up while I disparage you. We're done. I'm out. This has been a pleasure. Bye. Bye, everybody.